Hello, welcome to God's Open Door. I'm so glad that everybody could join us today. It is, uh, my name is Jeremiah. We've got uh, Pastor Kenneth Coots with us and his mama. Um, if we'd open on up in prayer, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you open up our hearts and that you minister to us and that you teach us your word. That as we dig in today, that you show us things that we have never seen before, that you open up our eyes to your revelation and that we find your hope and that we see what you have to show us, dear Lord. I pray that this here becomes a blessing to us and those who listen. And I pray that you touch every one of our hearts and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to start out, go back, and we're going to deal with healing. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse, uh, let's start with verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, anything, if they, if they drink anything, boy, tongue tied, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We're still in dealing with Acts and it says you shall receive power. So we're talking about the power of healing uh, also laying hands on the sick and uh, as it relates to healing. Uh, so while we're going to go through a few things here. Uh, let's go uh, about, let's talk about healing of the sick. We have the power through Jesus Christ to heal the sick. Uh, go to Matthew chapter 10, verses uh, one and then five through eight. Um, go ahead and read it, Jeremiah. Right. Verse one of Matthew chapter 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them the authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. If we jump over to five, it says, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal their sick, raise their dead, and cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Uh, that, there's an interesting thing there, and you might want, want to know why he said, do not go to the Gentiles and that. It goes along with the mission of reaching the lost, you deal with where you're at first. Then you can go to other uh, other countries and things like that. And that's what this broadcast is for, is to reach those in our country, those around where we live. Uh, believe me, uh, I believe this. God has directed me in this way to go this way. But look what he said. Uh, here, and as you go preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You preach the word of God. You minister the word of God. And then you, and then he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. And he says, because you have freely received, all right, you need to freely give. All right? Uh, and then it goes on. Do not take gold or silver or even copper money. 
in your money belt. He says, don't take any money with you or a provision bag for your journey, a bag with food and things of that sort, or even two tunics or sandals or a staff for the worker deserves his support. When we're not supporting the ministry and the ministers, we're going directly against God's word. Whatever city or village you enter, ask who in it is worthy uh, and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you go into the house, give it your greeting. The house is worthy. Give it your peace. Yeah, that's why whenever I pray a lot of times on somebody's house is that God's peace will be upon it. Uh, but if it is not worthy, take back your blessings of peace. Wow. I went way on, didn't I? Mm -hmm. But that's all right. This is instructions. Uh, whoever does not welcome you nor listen to your message as you leave that house or city, shake the dust off your feet. Uh, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that city. All right, you got anything you want to say here? So mine goes a little bit on, it's on the same tracks, but it also jumps a little bit ahead too. Um, in Acts, well, here in this verse, it says, give as you have freely been given. And if you look on into a lot of the healings that take place, if you look on into the ministries that where healings take place, it happens whenever the Holy Spirit is there, when the Holy Spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is an extension of God. It's the third part of the Godhead. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So whenever the Holy Spirit is there in his presence is there. That's whenever these healings happen. You have to have God there for a healing to happen. You by yourself cannot heal anybody. You saying you're a Christian cannot heal anybody. But whenever the Holy Spirit is there present with you, this is whenever the healings happen. You by yourself do nothing. It's only the Holy Spirit. And as these last few weeks have been happening, I've been looking on into a few of the different ministries that where healings are happening and whenever these healings take place in these churches. And a lot of times... They'll be welcoming in the Holy Spirit. They'll call upon the Holy Spirit. They'll sing praise and worship Jesus. And the, whenever the Holy Spirit enters the room, that is whenever the healings take place. And then it says, let me see, give as freely as you have received. This here is not just talking on about physical things. He's also talking on about your spiritual blessings. Whenever the Holy Spirit is present, that's whenever your body gets healed. That is whenever God does a work in you. That is whenever God does works around you. So as freely as you have received the Holy Spirit, because God gave the Holy Spirit to us as a gift, this is also a gift that we need to give to others for healings to take place in their life and for God to reach on into people's lives even further and to be able to grow and minister through that. Praise the Lord. That's what I had. Uh, and I want you to know that what it says. It says to preach the word or preach the kingdom of heaven, which is the word of God. Mm -hmm. Deals with the kingdom of heaven. And 
churches, we are not supposed to be preaching philosophy. Mm-mm. Get get rich quick schemes. Uh, we're not supposed to be preaching uh, feel good, look at within yourself kind of trash. We are to preach the word of God. And the Bible says as we preach the word of God and as uh, Jeremiah was saying, if we preach it under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, these signs shall follow. Even in our churches, it's like, okay, if I do this, I do that, I do this. Hey, man, and we're going to see miracles. We're going to see signs and wonders. And I believe that as we worship God, I believe that the Holy Spirit will come into our presence and we'll begin to see signs and wonders. But there's no gimmick other than preaching the word because if we're singing praise and worship to God, we're proclaiming His word. We're proclaiming who He is. And there's no other way to do it uh, but to first minister the kingdom of heaven. Heaven first. Then He comes down and begins to minister us, minister to us on earth. And anything else? Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Luke chapter twenty-four, verse forty-nine. And that's what we're doing. We're bringing the word to you. We're not bringing a lot of things and, and a lot of gimmicks and a lot of things. We are just going to the word, and we're bringing the word straight to you. Hallelujah. And this is a lot of the reason why we also give you um, the verses and the chapters at where we're getting this from. So that way you could go on in and actually research it yourself. And I actually encourage everybody to go on in and go ahead and read that whole entire chapter. Get the pretext before that there and see what's going on. Read after it and see what happened afterwards um, as a good way to be able to dig into the word yourself. And also you can fact check us on these things. Okay. Uh, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Uh, let me read out this translation here. Uh, listen carefully. I am sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed fully equipped with the power from on high. Wow. It's a powerful scripture because a lot of us, even in our churches, don't abide by that simple rule. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, uh, it's something that I believe would make the church more powerful in its ministry if we abided by that simple rule. Uh, I believe that you really, you know, you. He told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem and Acts. Here we hear it again. Because if you were going to go out and minister healing, signs and wonders, even preach the kingdom of heaven, 
You need to be totally equipped. I like what this translation says. Until you are clothed, clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. And that is the baptism and the Holy Ghost. That's what he's telling them to wait for. Wait for that. In other words, they were to wait and not do nothing, and, but seek God for his promise. The church would be more powerful if all of its leaders were completely filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and if they had, uh, then they would be equipped with the kind of power that would bring signs and wonders and healing and power into their lives, into their ministry, into their church. Uh, you got anything you want to add? Yeah. If we read this here out of uh, this translation, which is the NLT, it says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. Notice the Holy Spirit is a promise from the Father to come to us. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. The Holy Spirit is at where all of God... The Holy Spirit is the way that God moves through us. The Holy Spirit is the what brings his power to us. It's, it's at how God works his signs and wonders through us. Whenever we wait for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come and do the work for us. We don't have to do anything. Just like in the old days whenever David would fight a battle or whenever... Uh, even if you look in Judges with Gideon, whenever he fought his battle, he waited for the Lord to fight the battle for him. And even there's a place at, at where Elijah had a battle, had people coming up against him, and the Lord sent angels to fight the battle for him. There's so many different places throughout the Old Testament where the Lord fought battles for his people. The Holy Spirit comes and it'll do everything for us. We're not doing anything. Whenever healings come, the Holy Spirit does it. So as it says... But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. Amen. The Holy Spirit brings power from God. The Holy Spirit is God. It's the third part of the Godhead. Yeah. Um, that was a, a big jumbled way to say it, but that, that's pretty much... I, I liked the way it, how all three of the translations put it because of it has it at where you're clothed in the Holy Spirit. You're clothed in... God's cloak, basically. He's taking care of you. And then he fills you with the power. And through his power, he's taking care of everything before you. All right. And, but we, we cannot forget where it says to wait. Mm -hmm. In both scriptures, Acts and in here, the commandment is to wait. You know, because you need that power for the ministry that God has chosen you to perform. Because, you know, the Bible, we, we talk about God being with us. He is with us in the form of the Holy Ghost. And Amen. we need that power. We need to start encouraging those who get saved. It's not ministry first. It's being filled with the Holy Ghost first. It's receiving that power first. You see, the first thing a lot of Christians want to do, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What you can do is Wait. seek Wait, and your, your main job is to seek for that promise. All right, let's go to uh, John chapter 14, verse 12. We're, we're still dealing with healing, and this is a lot of things that, that deal with healing. John 13, 12. 13, 12. Mm -hmm. 14, 12. 
Fourteen twelve. Fourteen. You're gonna get our listeners confused. Alright. Uh most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Uh, let me read it out of the Amplified Version real quick. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior, I like that, as Savior, will also do the things that I do and will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach. Now that, I believe, needed to be put in there. Mm -hmm. uh, because I am going to the Father. That's why I'm reading this. Because got to understand, it's not greater in power. There's no one more powerful than Jesus Christ. But it's greater in extent and outreach. Uh, you want to say anything real quick? Um, I do like it how 13 will add to that there and says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Amen. Now, this here isn't saying like, God, give me a Ferrari and he'll, you know, magically also, oh, a Ferrari pulls up at your front door. Yeah. This here is... Whenever you have somebody that has a demon in front of you, if there is something blocking your path, you could say in the name of Jesus, this demon has to flee and that demon will leave. If you're having nightmares at night and you cannot sleep through the night because these nightmares are terrifying you and you cannot close your eyes without seeing these things, you could say in the name of Jesus, I will have sound sleep tonight. These demons cannot harass me. I sleep. Satan cannot steal my sleep from me. And in the name of Jesus, I will have the peace of God in my sleep. And you will have a sound night's sleep. You must believe in this here too. Now, we're coming to the Father and we're coming to Jesus. There's another verse. I don't know where it's at, but it says that you come to me and I go to the Father pretty much. It, that's just paraphrasing it to shorten it up for time. Um, but pretty much we go to, go to Jesus and we ask Jesus for these things. And Jesus pleads what we're asking before the Father. Jesus is the only way to the Father and the Father is the only way to Jesus. You know, uh, there's something very good here. Um, all right, let's go back to the. I'm not, we don't have to turn there, but where it says, wait for the promise. After you have waited for the promise, <coughs> excuse me, and you have received the promise, then this scripture here talks about doing. A great doing greater things or an outreach, greater outreach than he does than he did, because we have more time than he did, and that's why on this earth. And I go down to what you were talking about, and if we ask anything. Now, how many of our church people relate this verse, verse 13, to finances, to money, to uh, you know, wealth. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. <laughs> but if you'll look in the context of this, it's talking about miracles. Mm -hmm. If we ask anything, any miracle that needs to be done, if we ask in Jesus' name, it'll be done that it may glorify the Father. Does that make sense to you guys? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. <coughs> 
It reminds me of even back in Elijah's day, whenever there was droughts and famines on the land and Elijah was in an area and a widow helped him on out. Mm -hmm. And God went and used that widow helping on out Elijah to be able to bring prosperity upon her household because of all what the, all what Elijah asked her to do was to fill on up um, or to gather as many pots together, as many holding containers together as she can and to take her one flask of oil that she had and to pour that oil into each one of the containers that she had. And that one container continued pouring oil on out into each of the other containers until every container was full, including the one that she still had. And she was able to sell that oil to be able to bring prosperity for her household during this drought to be able to take care of her and her son. Now, there is a lot of miraculous things that happen thrown out the Bible. But whenever we are faithful and we ask God for things that we need and we ask God for things for even others on around us. Now, if you notice in one of the verses that we read earlier, it said whenever you enter a household, if you enter a town, put, ask for your blessing up on that town. Put your blessing up on that town. Put your, that, uh, your peace up on that town. As Kutz was saying earlier, whenever he's at somebody's house, he'll pray for peace up on that household. Um, that there's one of those things that where anything that we ask in Jesus's name will happen. And we come on in to any area. If there's any place that we go, if we eat dinner at somebody's house and so on, that person's blessing you with a dinner at their house. They're feeding you. And if you pray for blessing upon that household, God will surely bring blessing upon that household. How is it that we show others that we are Christians other than by living like Christ? And whenever we're praying for blessings upon other people and not just blessings upon our own lives, like he was talking on about whenever we're asking for financial income blessings and we're asking for different stuff like that. But whenever we go on into other people's house and we pray for their health and wellness and we pray for God to bless them in ways that only God can and we're asking for things for these other people, we are asking for God to come on in and minister to them through us being there. Through them giving to us, we're asking for God to bless them. And that's not the only reason why you ask for blessing upon somebody else's household, but that's just what I, what I wanted to add. Lord, yes. Okay, Christ performed miracles. I've got one scripture here that I want to deal with, and it talks about Christ. And uh, let's, go, let's go to... Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. All right. Uh, let's That's go. That's a good one. Now he did not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. Uh, I, I like what it said here. And he did not do many miracles there in Nazareth because of their unbelief. Now, I want you to understand what this scripture is saying. It's not because of their unbelief. It's not because their unbelief limited his power. Because if we go to Peter, the, the man at the gate, the cripple at the gate, didn't believe enough to rise. Peter had to reach down and pull him up. Mm -hmm. So it's not his power that it limited that. Uh, but it was because of the unbelief, because their unbelief, they did not bring the sick to be healed. Mm -hmm. And that's what limited him because they would not bring the sick. Uh, and it was a failure 
in any case, uh, he that he undertook to heal because he could because uh, let me I'm getting all messed up here. I'm sorry. He he wanted to heal the sick. He Jesus Christ is a miracle was a miracle worker is a miracle worker, and because they would not bring the sick to him. This is what I tell people at an altar call a lot of times. If, you have, if you're sick in body or you have a need, would you come up? Why do we have invitations? So they will bring the sick for healing or whatever. It is a step of faith. If they would have taken that step of faith in Nazareth and brought their sick to him saying, yes, I believe that you're a healer. I believe that you're a miracle worker. More people would have been healed. More people would have been delivered. But because of their unbelief, mm -hmm. it held them back. Lord, when an altar call is given by a man of God, you need to step out. If you need prayer, you need to step out and you need to believe. You need to believe that Jesus is your healer. Anything you want to say? Two things here, actually. Um, so to back on up what he just said there, um, there is one of the scriptures, I don't have the time to look on up to see where it is, where a lame man was brought to Jesus to be healed and his friends were carrying him on his bed to be healed. And there was so many people there that they climbed on up onto the roof, removed a portion of the roof, and dropped him down from the roof down to where Jesus was. And Jesus told that man that because of their faith, you're, made he you're healed. Stand up and walk. And he was able to get on up and be <clears throat> immediately healed from not being able to walk. Um, this here is going to back on up what he just said on about when it's not your own unbelief that keeps Jesus from doing these miraculous miracles for you. It's the fact that if people will bring the lame or the sick to be healed. And then another one back in this here up is the demon possessed man that was in the graveyard. Whenever Jesus got off of the boat from one village to another, whenever he got on off of the boat, it was next to a graveyard. And there was a man that was demon-possessed there. And I believe this is the one at where the demon said, um, my name is Legion because of there's many of us here. Many of us possess this man. And whenever Jesus cast the demons out of the man, um, and the man was healed and whole, the rest of the people in the village, whenever they saw this here, because this man had been demon-possessed for a long time and stuck in this graveyard and they couldn't bind him or anything. And I believe that we went on over this in one of the other studies of Acts too, um, but it's somewhere in the Gospels, is the people in the area told Jesus, get out of here, we don't want you here. It wasn't because of Jesus didn't want to perform miracles for them and heal their sick and remove any of their chains and their bondage in the area it's because if they didn't want him there either they told him to leave or they didn't believe if you look back to the verse before in uh, matthew 14 57 and they were all deeply offended and refused to believe in 
him believe in Jesus. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. They didn't believe in him because they were around Jesus in Nazareth. So they were like, how could this man, how could this person that is um, grew up around us, we know his mother, we know his sisters, we know his brothers. How, how do we know, how can this guy be Jesus? But even John, his own cousin, knew that he was the Messiah, even from whenever they were in the womb together. Because of whenever Mary went to go visit Elizabeth while John was still in the womb and Jesus was still in the womb, John jumped for joy inside of Elizabeth's womb. And whenever Jesus came to be baptized, John even felt Jesus's presence and said, the one who is the Messiah is here among us. And so don't let your unbelief, don't let your faith, your doubt keep you from coming on up for healing. Whenever Jesus wants to do these healings for you, just come on up in faith. Step on out of faith and be like, all right, Lord, here I am. Do with me what you will because of your faith will have you healed. And your, you, by bringing your friends to these events and to churches with you, is that what will get your friends healed and what will help them to be able to get through these things because of your faith will help them and then their faith will help them too. Okay, the disciples, God gave the disciples power to heal. Go to Acts chapter, and we've already kind of talked about this a little bit. But uh, go to Acts chapter 6, I mean chapter, excuse me, chapter 3 verse 6. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. We know that they were walking in to the temple to pray. There was a beggar who'd been there all of his life. They'd bring him and he would beg for money. And listen, Peter says, silver and gold do I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. Something greater than silver and gold. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. In the name, authority, and power of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, Begin right now to walk and go on walking. Listen to this. To walk and to go on walking. Hallelujah. Somebody just got to praise God on that one. Then he seized the man's right hand with a firm grip and raised him up. And at once his feet and ankles became strong and steady. We've already talked about that a little bit. But I want you to know that God is a healer and he's given uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost and in the name and the power of Jesus Christ, we have the authority to heal. Hallelujah. Uh, you got anything quickly, quickly say about that? Um, all that I really want to point out about this here is if you notice, it is in Acts. It's in Acts chapter 3. So, this here is after Jesus already went back on up to heaven. This is after he ascended. This here is his disciples after Jesus had already ascended back up to heaven. So it wasn't Jesus there with them to perform the miracles. It was the Holy Spirit that was there with them. Yeah. It is, this here is part of the promise that God has given us is that the Holy Spirit is here with us to be able to continue performing these miracles in the name of Jesus, to be able to continue doing Jesus' work after he went back up to heaven. Uh, let's go to Acts chapter uh, 5. We're going to read 15. We're going to start with 15. 
right? To such an extent, well, let's go, let's go back. Let's go back to 14. More and more believers in the Lord, crowds of men and women were constantly being added to their number to such an extent that they even carried their sick out into the streets and put them on cots and sleeping pads so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on one of them with healing power. He was so full of the Holy Ghost, even his shadow was full of the Holy Ghost, that it brought healing to people. Listen to this. And the people, you know, there's no telling how many people Peter healed just by walking through the streets. And the people from the towns and the and the a vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing the sick and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all, listen, listen they were all being healed. Praise the Lord. <coughs> One thing that I would like to point on out there is he was so filled of the Holy Spirit that those there that were around him were being healed, that even being in his shadow was being healed. Now, it wasn't by Peter's power that they were being healed. It was by the Holy Spirit that was within him. It was the Holy Spirit that was in his shadow. It was the Holy Spirit that surrounded him. Now, I pray that each one of you guys get a fire to have a Holy Spirit feeling like that. That even whenever you walk down a street that everybody knows this is a man of God. This is a woman of God. And just by being around them, I am being blessed. Just by being around them, I am being healed. By just <coughs> inviting them into my home, it brings blessing upon my home. Uh, I want you to realize, okay, let's go. We're going to talk about Ananias, okay, and Paul, okay? Because it deals with healing. Go to Acts chapter 9. Verse 11. And the Lord is talking to Ananias. And the Lord said to him, Get up, go to the street called Straight, and ask at the house of Judas, this is not Ju of Judas, yeah. for a man from Taurus, Taurus named Saul, for he is praying there. He's waiting on God. Once again, listen to this. And in a vision, he has seen a, na a man named Ananias come in and place his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Let's go to verse 13. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many people about this man, especially how much suffering and evil he has brought on your saints, God's people at Jerusalem. Let's continue on. And here in Damascus, he has authority from the high priest to put in chains all who call on your name, confessing you as Save as Savior. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is a is a deliberately chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and sons of Israel. There you see he's talk Jesus is talking about him being an apostle to the Gentiles. 
For I will make clear to him how much he must suffer and endure for my namesake. Wow. How do you like that? For he will make clear to him how much he's going to suffer for his name and endure for his namesake. Wow. So Ananias left and entered the house and he laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road as you came to Damascus has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to proclaim Christ to both Jews and Gentiles. Listen to what he says. That you may be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to proclaim Christ. I just think it's good. And this really speaks for itself. So, immediately something like scales fell from eyes, from Saul's eyes. And he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. And he took some food and was strengthened. Uh, and that's pretty well self-explanatory. It's the story of the conversion of Saul, which was taught, which became Paul. And you got to understand, Saul was uh, his Jewish name. Paul was his Roman name, and he chose to go by his Roman name because he was a missionary or an apostle to the Gentiles. And it's very simple, very simple. Just uh, it just that Ananias didn't want to go at first because he had heard of the reputation. But it doesn't matter the reputation. When God changes you, He changes you. And Paul was a great tool for the ministry. But Ananias brought sight to the blind. So the disciple of the Lord Jesus had, had, was used in the gift of healing. I've got a couple uh, points that I want to put on in here real fast. Um, in verse 11, um, where yours was saying, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, going on into, going to the house of Judas and asking for uh, this man from Tarsus named Saul. My version says he is praying, he is praying to me right now. Whenever we're waiting for the Holy Spirit. Whenever we're waiting on God, like we've been talking about since the start of this year, we should be praying to meet God. We should be praying for God to come and fill our lives. We should be praying for the Holy Spirit to come and do its work within us. Um, while we're praying, God is preparing a way for you. While we are praying and waiting, God is bringing on up whatever provision is needed. In this situation, Ananias was the provision needed to be able to give Saul sight to what is coming on next. And now if you continue going down, let me see. Whenever you continue going down to verse 15, but the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take the message to the Gentiles and to Kings. All right. This year goes back to what we were talking about last week on about God already having a plan for us. And Jeremiah, he says, I have a plan for you. Before you were even in your mother's womb, I had a plan for you. I knew you. I knew you before you were born. We went through several verses last week that talked about this. This here is one of those examples of I already had a plan for Saul before he was born. Yes, he came on up against my name. He came on up against my children. He came up against those doing my works. But here, 
I am telling you, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take the message to the Gentiles, to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, God already has a plan for you, and this here is one of those plans. He's got a plan to be able to bring this ministry in and a plan to be able to use you in a miraculous way. He's already made this plan since before you were born, and he's telling whoever is supposed to minister to you, go and talk to them. Go and preach to them. So if you you right now are an unbeliever or you're somebody that is – you don't even know why you're listening to this here because you don't have faith – I am telling you that person that keeps coming on into your life that is annoying you with scripture, annoying you with words, annoying you with this stuff, God's sending them to you to minister to you. God's sending them to you to help open up your eyes. Now, let God open on up your eyes so you can see the light. Let God open on up your eyes and remove the scales off of your eyes to be able to see the truth behind everything that's going on around you. That's what I got. Okay. Okay. Uh... Let's go ahead and and let's go all disciples and all believers are commanded to heal the sick. Perform even miracles among people. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to start with, well, we this is part of the Great Commission. All right. Uh, And okay, it says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And there's a lot more to this, and I want you to understand that this is what God wants us to do. Jesus said, If you can't believe me for what you hear me say, Believe me for what you see me do. The miracles, the signs and wonder, the great power, even the winds had to obey his voice. Even the sea had to obey his voice. Even demons had to obey his voice. Why? Because he was full of power and he wants us to be full of power. This power is dunamis, the very power of God, the very power of the Holy Ghost that he's talking about. What kind of power is this? It is the power that created the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. And he wants that kind of power flowing through you that you may make a difference in Luke chapter 10 and we're going to kind of wrap this up here a little bit but in Luke chapter 10 where he talked about 1 through 9 where he said don't take any extra sandals don't take any money don't take he was telling them to stay focused on what I have sent you out to do I will raise up people to support your, what you are doing. You won't have to worry about the food. You won't have to worry about the clothing. I want you to stay focused on what I've told you to do, on the on preaching the kingdom of heaven, on, on healing the sick, performing signs and wonders, raising the dead, uh, casting out demons. I want you to focus on that. Focus on winning the lost. Focus on... Bringing healing to 
to a people. And in this last days, we're going to need to be focused on what we are doing. You know, uh, I can go back through the scriptures in, 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 in Acts and in Luke and Matthew and all of this stuff. I can go back to all that where he says that he has given us the power. You shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We've given you the answer to how to receive that power. Is to wait and seek God for the promise. Well, bro, well, Brother Coots, what about if I'm not filled with the Holy Ghost? Wait for your ministry until you are filled with the Holy Ghost and power. I know this is a touchy situation and there's a lot of people who don't believe it and it's not taught anymore. Mm -hmm. But it needs to be. It needs to be. You know, I heard a preacher one time, there's nothing in the Bible that says, Terry, or you have to wait for the Holy Ghost. You should receive it instantaneously and all that. That's not what he told his disciples. The word Terry in the Bible in the King James means wait. Wait. Wait for your ministry. And I believe that as we stay focused on the Word of God and we don't talk a lot about finances on this thing, I believe that God will raise up people to help support what we are doing. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I believe it without a doubt. You've got to understand that myself or Jeremiah, we don't receive any pay from this. We're focused on getting the word out. And that's what I believe God wants us to do. The early church practiced this. I believe we ought to get back to practicing it. Uh, do you want to say anything? Um, if we look to the part on waiting on the Lord, if we go back to whenever the children of Israel left um, the land of Egypt, whenever God used Moses to bring the children of Israel out, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. God presented himself to them as a pillar of fire by night and a cloud to cover them by day. Wherever that pillar went, the children of Israel went. They would follow that cloud day and night. They, if that pillar moved, if God moved, they followed God. They did not stop until God stopped. If God stopped, they stopped with God. Now, whenever Jesus was telling his disciples to wait, it's a lot along the same concept of that. Whenever you see God's movement, you go where God's movement is. You, you follow where God leads you. Whenever he's leading you into your ministry, you let God take you there without hesitation. Whenever you see that pillar of fire move at night or if you see the cloud moving by day, you follow it. Whenever you're not following it, you get left behind and you do not, you no longer have that protection over you. You no longer have that light by night. This is at where a lot of churches are, even ministries end on up, drying on up is whenever they do not follow God where God leads them. Now, whenever God leads you into your ministry, you need to have 100% faith in what he's going to do with you. Whenever he anoints you with the Holy Spirit, and Lord, I pray that everybody that's listening will receive the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit anointing just flow upon them and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because your power is something that they need in their life. And it opens them on up to a closer relationship with you. So don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit entering your life. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will be 
uh, Holy Spirit baptism will flow upon you even as you listen to this and that you will receive praying in tongues, that you will receive um, healing and that you will receive all the gifts that God has coming upon you because of your future is great. He's got things in store for you. All you have to do is step up and wait for God to open these doors for you. Let me say wait and believe it is for you. I want to go back to what you said about the children of Israel. Israel would have had it a lot sooner mm. if they would have believed mm-hmm. what God told them to do. You know, yeah, they still had to wait going through the desert and all this, but they had, they were at the door of receiving the promise of God and they didn't believe. Mm-hmm. You know, when God tells you to go minister to that person, when God tells you to go pray for that person, you may not even know them. It doesn't matter. When God tells you to pray for healing for a person that you know, you know, whatever, or you don't know. I've been in the hospital, in the emergency room, and I've seen people in there suffering as I was visiting someone, and I've gone and prayed for them, for their healing. Why? Because the unction or the Holy Spirit urged me to do so. And I believe there were miracles. And I know there were miracles in the lives of the people who were there because they looked at that and they were so appreciative. And I could see the comfort of the Holy Ghost begin to fill their their lives. But going back to Israel, they would have had it. They would have had the promised land a lot sooner. But that generation had to die because of their unbelief. Where did they die? Out in the desert. Not in the miracle working power of God, but out in the desert. Wow. We don't want to die out in the desert, do we? Mm -mm. We need to act and believe. You may be waiting for the Holy Spirit right now. You may be waiting for God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Keep waiting and keep believing. God's going to do it. Don't give up on the wait. Because God is going to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to pray for those who are out there and real quick and just believe God for your healing, whatever it may be. And as I pray for you right now, I just want you to reach out your hand in a step of faith as receiving from God. And I speak it right now into your life. I speak that miracle into your life that you need. I speak that power into your life that you need. Father, there are those who are out there who want to receive the Holy Spirit right now. They want to receive that power. I'm asking you right now that God, you give them the faith as they are seeking you right now to release their tongue that the evidence may be there and to begin to fill them with the power of the Holy Ghost. I ask you, God, for those who have back pain, for those who are sick in body, for those that have terminal illnesses. The doctor said that they have terminal illness. A terminal illness could be anything, God. It could be cancer. It could be a lot of things, God. Whatever it may be, God. 
tumors right now dissolve. Cancer leave that body in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak for the blinded eyes to begin to open in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak for the lame to begin to walk in the name of Jesus Christ. Coming to you, Lord, because you said whatever we ask, that you'll do it in your name. God, I'm asking right now, Father, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, that everything I've spoken this morning in prayer will begin to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am excited. We've got a few minutes. I am excited because we will begin to send off our missionary uh, offering this morning. Uh, I want you to know if you want to give and help support uh, I, I, this ministry, I ask you to do so. Uh, ask God to bless you for your giving. Uh, ones who are here giving an offering, I ask God to bless them, to open up the doors of heaven and begin to pour that blessing out upon them that they may receive a hundredfold for what they're given in Jesus' name. God bless you. You have a great and wonderful week. One thing that I like to add, uh, you could reach out to us on uh, Facebook through our God's Opening Door, our God's Open Door uh, Facebook page. Comments, whatever. Comments or whatever, and also you can reach out to us on God's Opening Door on a, at at our God's Opening Door at Gmail dot com through our email. Um, I encourage you guys on our Facebook page if you have testimonies that you want to tell or just even miraculous things that God has done for you guys over the years. Please comment it on the page. We don't mind. Um, go ahead and put these things on out there. I want to know what healings have has God done for you. What has God done for you throughout your life? What has God done for your grandparents and your parents and your children? Um, reach on out and just, you know, let us hear the blessings that have happened for you. And if you have any prayer requests, go ahead and you could message those to us too. We will keep those private um, and we will pray over your needs and the different stuff that you guys have going on in your life. Stay blessed this week. We'll talk to you all next week.